Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. KSL News Time 345. The three things you need to know this hour first. Courtroom audio newly obtained by KSL appears to show a man shot and killed by Farmington police offering an anti-government rant as he's being arrested. I'm KSL News Radio's Becky Bruce. Second, this winter is close to setting records. The National Centers for Environmental Information says this was the ninth wettest on record. Third, our biggest traffic trouble spot. Just seen a new tweet from the UDOT Canyons, and now both Big and Little Cottonwood Canyons are under traffic law restrictions, uh, traction law restrictions. And then for those who are traveling southbound, I-15 delays setting in from 53rd to 7200 South. Ricky Meese in the KSL Traffic Center. We're looking dry for the first half of today, then snow showers by evening. I'm Matt Johnson. Snow showers in Ogden. It's cloudy in Salt Lake and 40 degrees now. KSL's top national stories from ABC News. Trouble in two police departments, 11 current and former officers in East Cleveland, Ohio, are accused in a pattern of unlawful conduct. Prosecutor Michael O'Malley. There have been criminal acts or a series of criminal acts committed by these officers of the East Cleveland Police Department. The citizens of East Cleveland deserve better. The public deserves better. Meanwhile, a nearly two-year federal civil rights investigation found the Louisville, Kentucky Police Department routinely discriminated and deprived people of their constitutional rights. The report finds that LMPD uses excessive force, including unjustified neck restraints and the unreasonable use of police dogs and tasers. Attorney General Merrick Garland, two kidnapped Americans who were found dead in Mexico had blankets or sheets covering them, and one was wearing a surgical robe. A New York jury is deciding whether to give the death penalty or life in prison to a man convicted of killing eight people on a Manhattan bike path five years ago. Daria Albinger, ABC. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. News. Time for the KSL In-Depth. So Farmington police have released the body cam footage from last week's police shooting. They did so early this afternoon. And we are joined by KSL legal analyst Greg Scordis. Greg, in the moments when the shots rang out, it was just pure chaos. The body cams were flailing all over the place. But that's my assessment as a layman. So We'll lean on the well-trained eyes of Greg Scordis, our legal analyst who's dealt in these kind of cases. Greg, thanks for joining us. What did you see? Well, something a little different, and, and perhaps, Jeff, it's because I do, uh, I have been involved in this these type of situations for years. But the body cams, and I watched all eight of them, uh, that start fairly early where there's a, there's a conversation between the officers uh, one particular officer and the suspect, and and it's very uh, collegial. The officer's asking for identification. 
asking for information, asking for driver's license, all the things you would find appropriate, and he's being denied everything. And finally, Jeff, the officer says, look, if you're not going to comply, I'm going to take you out of the car. I have to, I don't have any choice. And he opens the door, and that's when what you've described as sort of a chaotic scene happens. But, but the officers yell, gun, 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 gun. They yell it really loud. And that's always a, a, a clue for other officers to know that, the, that there's a gun, that the suspect has a weapon. And then the officers draw their weapons, and there's a number of shots fired immediately after that in response to the gun, gun, gun shout by at least one of the officers. From what you saw, did the police officers act appropriately? From what I saw, Jeff, yes. I don't know what the officers are going to say. The suspect, when he's taken out of the vehicle, has a a light brown holster on his right side, uh, a place where a person would have a gun. There is apparently, and the, uh, the body cams don't show this, a gun that is found on the seat. So I believe that there is reason to think that he may have been reaching for the gun when the officer was uh, reaching for him in the car. And that's why it went down the way it did. Now, I I obviously wasn't there and I'm not privy to what the officers themselves are going to say. But from the facts that I saw from the body cams, the officers seem to be acting fairly appropriately. So many, many, many of our listeners will probably see this video clip on uh, the Internet tonight, and they'll make their own judgment. And it's easy to Monday morning quarterback and decide what officers should have done. But by law, that's not the way investigators are going to look at this, is it? No, I mean, and they're going to look at the whole picture, the sort of what we call the totality of the circumstances and go through the entire uh, interchange between the suspect and the officers and the others that arrived, look at all the videos, and of course, uh, what I looked at, but they'll have much more than I did, and what's found afterwards. Was there a gun found on the seat? And apparently there was, but I didn't see it in the in the body cam videos, but I did see the, the gentleman, uh, the suspect, uh, come out of the car with a holster on his side, and it was on the right-hand side, so whether he's reaching for a gun or a seatbelt or whatever, the officers certainly had some reason to think that their lives were in danger. At least one officer did when he shouted the gun, gun, gun command. Greg, I want to thank you for providing your initial reaction after seeing the video. Our legal analyst, Greg Scordis, joining us live. It's 3.50. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.